It's Whirly Bird Run at Coco Fest live! Woo! Welcome to the Coco Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about Whirly Bird Run. Yeah. You know, Aaron, Whirly kind of sounds like Swirly. Yeah. You ever get the old Swirly when you were a kid? Well, I mean, clearly it'd be a difficult task now. <laughs> with the inverted Swirly. Like, yeah. Somehow get How would you do that? How would you dip the beer? Well, I. It'd be heavy for limber, I would guess. Yeah. Have a really big toilet involved. I guess yeah. I, I guess there's, there's a lot of downsides for me and you, but one is that you're extremely unlikely to be inverse swirly. No, you're right there. Yeah. But no, I never got one of those back in the day. Do they have that in Canada, Curtis? Is a swirly a thing, or was that only in the United States? Uh, where I grew up, we didn't have it too much, but I don't even know. The toilet froze over. They yeah. couldn't get yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You can't remember we go outside, we pee, it just freezes and falls out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we should mention, by the way, Elkhart's boil, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, how's been? How's your Coco Fest experience been so far? It's been dandy. Uh, it's been intimidating because I, you know, like I said, we started the show today. The, the fellow before us was, I guess, it was in Europe or whatever. He was doing this intricate demonstration with spinning cubes and all kinds of programming tips and stuff. And our two idiot butts rolled through the screen and goes, "Here come the clowns! Here we are!" So, but everywhere I've went, everyone's been real friendly. Uh, everyone's super duper smart, you know, and uh, everyone's really into the whole retro computing scene. I was surprised. It's not just Cocoa, but it's like a lot of across the board. A lot of people are sitting there. Everything I've seen ZX81s in there and uh, all sorts of crazy contraptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's great to see all that sort of thing. I've really had a real good time. What did you think so far? Yeah, I mean, this has been, like you said, I wasn't expecting the breadth of Cocoa people. Like, I was expecting very narrow focus. We only like cocoa, and that's all we do, and everybody else can, can shove it. But I mean, <laughs> that's what, you think that's, that's what you expect? That's what I was expecting here. Right, okay? old man. I am. I am. But I mean, I love seeing all the other uh, all the collections. I love talking to people. You know, we're lucky because we've got a table, so people just walk by, and I just grab them and I make them talk to them. Yeah, it's great. You're good. And, and so, uh, and we hear about all these people's collections and how they got started with cocoa. All these people that have been to like every cocoa fest since like '86. Yeah, it's insane. Indeed. It's insane. No, I missed a few. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else I enjoy because you know we're the games. We like games. It's games that I see a lot of people have cool games set up. The fellow right beside us said that. Two cocos that are uh, networked together, so you can play uh, you can play a, a dogfighting game or P fifty one, which is neat. So uh, it's cool to see some game action here too, along with the super high tech stuff that we're too stupid to understand. Yeah, which is a lot of it. That's all yeah. of it, really. Yeah. <laughs> now, Curtis, you've been to quite a few coco fests in your in your time. Where does this one rank so far? This is the best one I've been to since probably 2001. Wow. Wow, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. What's made it so good so far? Um, a lot, a lot of new faces. I mean, one thing if you're in a retro community, you have to be able to bring new people in. Otherwise, as soon as we get old, live the community come as Frank Silver is. And the fact we're getting a lot of new blood coming in, and a lot of new people who've never had cocoa. Some people are coming back for the first time in 30 years, like the white gamut of it. And then the variety, like just hardware people, or software people, there's gaming people, like that's another thing. And the attendance, like Grant, I think you said we've already met last year's entire attendance. We're still expecting people tomorrow yeah. that aren't here today. So this is a record attendance one for that decade or so. so that's fantastic. Well, listen. And your outfits, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So let's kick things off and talk a little bit about Whirly Bird Run. 
know, when we, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with the way we do stuff, every month we have people that vote on the next game we play, right? And we didn't, we didn't, it's something, we were doing this at the weird times when the votes weren't in. And so arbitrarily, I just said, well, how about Whirly Bird Run? And little did I know, we'd be presenting it in front of a live audience. So, but luckily, it's a good game, I think. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, uh, this was uh, the contest winner. Uh, it, was a, uh, it was a contest winner for Spectral Associates, I believe you said. Yep. Uh, they offered a $2,000 prize uh, for the winner. And this was the and winner. Contract. And a contract. Good move, by the way, uh, because that, uh, clearly this guy had talent. Uh, the fellow that wrote this, uh, he, uh, he won the contest, he won the money. Now, when you talk about this guy's name, which name would you think would be the best way to, because once you go into that, because you, you talked to me about this last night, I wasn't familiar with it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a convoluted story. So he entered the contest and was published in Rainbow uh, as being the winner of the contest as Brett Norman. And that's actually just his first and middle name. And then he started using his full name as Brett Norman Keaton. And there's a TDK you'll see in some Spectre games, which is Tom Keaton. And I, there's a Tom Keaton that's a father and a Tom Keaton that's a brother. I'm not sure which one was the other programmer, but they wrote their own games for Spectral. They wrote some games they collaborated on for Spectral. So Brett ended up doing quite a few, but he's gone under both names depending on which game you're looking at. Yeah, and now uh, it's funny because when we were researching this, I saw a lot of ads for this game in magazines, and it always paired up with the game called Luna Road Patrol, which is another fun game. And then I had no idea, but they were written by the same guy. Just with, name. And with his brother slash brother, yeah. Uh, so this came out again. This I guess this won. The, I guess he wrote this in '82 and won the contest yeah. in '82 and they produced in '83. Is that right? So, yeah. Basically, what Spectral did is they they announced the winners in the February 1983 Rainbow. And then they did the contracts. They created artwork for the, you know, the advertising and stuff like that too. Yeah. And uh, they, I think it came out in July of '83. <laughs> and this uh, amazingly runs on uh, uh, in Coco with 16K. Yep, which is impressive. Uh, Considering it has all the levels and the strong and stuff. I, this game is, I guess, it's sort of what you would get if you cross Super Cobra and Scramble. I mean, it's basically a Scramble clone with a helicopter, which is what was in Super Cobra. And this would have been, I'm trying to think what year. I think this, yeah, Super Cobra would have, been, would have been out by now. So he sort of took the best of both worlds, which is, I mean, if you ever played Scramble, it's sort of the, it's sort of the quintessential. <coughs> Scrolling, shooting, bombing game of that year, 2D, uh, where you pilot a craft. This is an arcade game where you pilot a craft over a landscape through varying levels, and you your goal is to shoot everything on the screen and get uh, there are fuel tanks at the bottom of the screen. You bomb them to replenish your fuel. I don't know how how that works, but uh, if only you did in real life, I just drive by a gas station with a bazooka. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I start popping caps. But once you blow up the, the fuel, it goes into your fuel tank, so you and you have to have fuel to keep going. The neat thing about this game, I used to know a Super Cobra, but Scramble the arcade, the arcade board was real unique because it was one of the most, probably the most hacked arcade board on earth. They hacked it to do everything and, and put in uh, ROMs and bootlegs, and you can look back to a, a, a catalog of games that they made to run on everything from like fake Donkey Kongs, the face fake space invaders, the fake Galaxian, everything on that board. It was highly hackable, uh, but it was a good game too. And then uh, eventually Super Cobra Cap was sort of a, a, a more advanced version with better graphics for had more like buildings and stuff. And, and, and more levels games. and stuff. Now this game, what makes this one unique uh, on the Coco, to me anyway, is that they, they got the control system down with, uh, in the arcade you've got two buttons set up, one for firing and one for bomb. And this they just 
consolidate them. I don't know why they didn't always do that period because no one just gets one or the other. I'm always doing both because you can't tell where you're bombing half the time because you're too busy trying to dodge through stuff. Uh, the game has real smooth scrolling and uh, uh, the landscape moves in a better pace than you think. I was really surprised at the amount of stuff they can put on these different screens. Had you played this before, Bo, before we tried this out? Never. Never. I never played Whirly Bird Run, and I have only a very passing experience with Scramble. Yeah. Had you, had you ever played in your arcade, I guess? No, no. I was, I was like 10 years before I was well, You don't have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say it. Uh, <coughs> I'm sure you played in your arcade, didn't you? Sorry, I wanted to get out. That's super cool. Yeah, they're both fun games. Um, of course, again, this unlike a lot of games that here, this one has multiple levels. Uh, you'll roll through the first level, and it's just you're kind of going over like a, a, a mountain pass or whatever. And then you roll to the second level, and you that's when the UFOs come out. When you, in, in between levels, you get sort of a flash. Right yeah, this is the level right here. The UFOs come out. Now, I will say, I, I tried to scramble this week as I was playing this. Scramble's a lot harder than Whirling Bird Run. But it's so hard, it's, it's super hard. This, you actually have a, a, a fighting chance to get through it. Uh, and uh, if you're clever about it, you stay... I like to go through this like without moving a lot, you know, and just try to shoot. You can bomb and shoot the UFOs as you go over them. Did you? How far did you end up getting this? Did you get past this? I, yeah, I got past a couple levels. This is. There's some things that really impressed me about this game. Yeah. Okay. Right <laughs> off the bat, I was like, "Oh, it's a green screen game. Here we go." And I had to mentally prepare myself for yeah. just it's a lot of green. But once the game got going, I was like, "Man, this is a technically impressive game." And I didn't realize that it would run on 16K. Yeah, so that's yeah. doubly impressive. Because you've got, first of all, you've got your helicopter looks it looks fine, but the, the blade rotating animation I thought was pretty convincing. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many frames that is, but whatever it gives you the illusion that you've got that spin. Plus, you've got the tail order spinning too, so they didn't have to do that. Second of all, you have tons of different enemies in this game, and they're all different sizes and they're all different shapes. It's not like a Space Invaders thing where it's just like kind of a palette swap or you know they, they adjust a couple things like got a wide variety of enemies they all have different attack patterns and they're all different shapes and colors okay number three is the speed of the scroll i don't know that i've played a shooter on the coco or really any game on the coco that scroll this quickly that put this many items on the screen and there is absolutely no slowdown at all yeah it runs real well and especially like this level which this is the third level here where you're taking on meteorites i always thought as a kid it looked like sort of like arrowheads uh, when you were fighting, but there's like fireballs or something like that. You have these can't be destroyed. You have to go through them. These first couple levels, let's say the first three levels, are not that tough. Then you get to the brutal fourth level, the fourth level, the level of death. And this is the level where you've got to guide your little helicopter under your underground, which is never a good idea. I don't know if this is true. Has that ever happened in real life? <laughs> You know, land that sucker. What are you doing? But when you go into this thing, what you do is you have to navigate your copter through, and the openings are diabolically small. And so as you go through them, they'll be clogged with stuff. They'll be they'll be missiles or fuel tankers or whatever. You have to shoot those to get through. The first couple not so bad, but then he starts the ones where you have to play the scroll game, which means you have to move your copter as far forward as you can to the screen as the screen scrolls, and then you sort of got to let your copter go with the scroll as you navigate yourself through these tiny cracks in these caves. It's brutally difficult. It's almost always where you lose all your men. <laughs> and I was just telling Curtis, because when I was a kid, I could get through this level, which is the fourth level. And then there's a fifth level with, a, with, with an end. But the, yeah, it's even worse. But there is an end to this. 
And I'm about to get there, but I I try like gangbusters, and when these levels, when you get to the end of them, they flash. And I and last night I get I've got to the point before the war, I got to the point where it started flashing, and then I died of my last man. It's, like, oh, it's brutal. It's brutal, but it's fun. It keeps coming back, but it's it's almost like we play a lot of ZX games, and they love pixel perfect jumps and stuff like that. And this is sort of like an area where you have to basically have a pixel perfect light uh, through these little crevices. Did you get past this part, buddy? No. Did you get to the part I'm talking about? I did not about? get to the part where you dive into the game. Oh. I'm not what you call skills in these types of games. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the lightning reflexes. And he's the younger one. I don't understand. Well, yeah. listen, listen, youth is overrated. I'll tell you that right now. You know, one thing I want to mention, you talked about this is the green screen game. I did notice that there were several different uh, versions of this floating around. And there's one that I've got that lets you pick between, between the color sets. Uh, artifact. It's really good. Actually, the, the, uh, the uh, one or two of the colors are real fine. It looks great. Much better than this. I'm assuming, is this, was this color tape for, like, they were going to purchase the dragon? Is that what was going the on? The one you saw that lets you pick the, the color yeah. set is the dragon. That is the dragon yes. version. Now, the original Coco version purposely did this. Uh -huh. So, the first three levels are basically you're somewhat outside. I mean, technically, this is kind of a locked thing, but you're kind of an open air. Yeah. So, they kept the bright colors for this. When you get to the fourth and fifth levels, it switches to the black artifact color, because now you're inside the inside the cave. Dark. I see. So, they did that on purpose. So, the cave levels, both four and five, are black background to make it look like you're inside the cave. And the first three are kind of like daylight colors. Yeah. Weather effects. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because yeah. yeah, green slime is obviously weather. That's, so. that, that, that's, that's rough weather out there. That's after the apocalypse. <laughs> Uh, so, overall, I thought this was a fun one, folks. Uh, I actually, uh, you know, it's not easy to come by reviews on some of this stuff, but I like to look up what other people say. And there's a guy out there, I'd love to meet this guy sometime. He, he runs a uh, webpage called The Ice People. Mark Sabatini, I just got in contact with him again. He was living in Greece for 10 years. Maybe. Um, then he had to take care of his mother who passed away. But he's starting to get back into the book. But he's thinking about starting the webpage back up again. And I'm going to try to get him on interviewing him. You're mutant, Curtis. I want to go ahead and say that. Last night I was talking to Curtis about uh, uh, this contest the kid won, right? And Curtis was like, oh yeah, Rainbow uh, 1983, August 82. <laughs> <laughs> You're plugged in, man. I don't know what to tell you. Free. Anyways, yeah, I can't remember some things like Rainbow Chocolate Bars. And there you go. Now, what's this guy's name? Was Sabatini? Mark Sabatini. From Greece, huh? No, he's from uh, Alaska originally, actually. But he, his family and him moved to Greece for work. <laughs> Are you right? This guy bothered me? No, he <laughs> said, he, I asked him, like, where were you been? And he actually said, what color recently. is his house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Green. It's in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if I may quote some fellow, uh, he gave uh, Orly Bird Run a B. Plus. All right, he said, uh, this version of Scramble was hardly the most impressive game Spectral Associates ever coded, but I admit I got rather hooked on it. It has five of the six arcade stages, lacking only the four stage. Look, the four stage in the arcade is pretty sweet. It's the building one. Uh, uh, so fly through the mountains, dodging rockets and UFOs and asteroids before hitting the final two stages, uh, which involved navigating your chopper through some really nasty caverns. That's a fact. And I mean so nasty, there's not enough room for a pixel's worth of errors at the time. That's also true. Uh, so, But overall, he liked it. He's also mentioned that he was a big fan of Scramble. That would do it for you. Now, uh, you will, when we talked about this guy having multiple names, and we talked about some of the other stuff he did, of course, we mentioned uh, he did the Lunar, uh, Lunar, what, Lunar Remote Patrol. Road Patrol. He did this. He also, I think he said, uh, was it Galagon was one of his? Yep. 
And um, what was it? There was one more we found oh, out. Uh, now you're blank. I was like, Tom, Tom Keaton, the brother slash father, he did Galax Attack. Galax Attack. Was the, uh, that was Brett Yeah, I don't remember which one it is. The guy's got skills, you know, for sure. So it's definitely one to check out. Uh, do you play this anymore? Do you, do you ever load this stuff up anymore? But this one I do. Out of old Scramble clones of Coco has, and there's a ton of them. There's yeah. A few Dragon ones, too. Like there's Scramble from Tom Mix. There's uh, uh, two Mermaid on the Dragon, which also has been ported to Coco. There's this one. Um, this one to me plays the smoothest. It also fits in 60k. It's the only one that does. And it has five levels, which I think some of the other ones might have. There's another one uh, that was on one of the Team New Magazine ones. Yeah. There's quite a few other uh, versions of Scramble, but all of them require 32k except this one. But this one honestly plays smoother than the ones that require 32k. You know, I hesitate to mention this, but it was a side story. But I, you know, I, my brother grew up with those. And we like to augment the game to some literal reality to make them more fun. All right, so. So you were shooting gas? Well, no. But what we would do, for example, and I remember this game was, and we did some multiple <laughs> This is one of them. And like, like, the level we're running, for example. One of us would take turns playing it, while the other one basically threw stuff <laughs> at the guy. You know, like, usually it was like rolled up socks. I remember that, or and other things like that. And, we, and to, to make it more fun, to up the challenge. So sometimes the. Sometimes the game ended when I turned around and just destroyed the brand right there. We do that all the time. You know, that was early virtual reality back in the day. You got any, you got any final thoughts in this one, folks? Well, we did get one this order. Oh, very good. Okay. Exile in Paradise, Robert Allen Murphy, you all are aware of him from the nation. He says, Whirlybird Run is always good as a quick pickup action shooter. I don't know what sorcery is at work to refill your fuel, bonding fuel pods, but at least it works. Some stretches of this, of this game are smooth and easy flying, but others are maddening. Pixel perfect gauntlets, and that's part of what makes this a good bit of a challenge to keep you trying to fly a little further. And the gravity bombs are their own bit of a challenge to see if you can knock the rockets out of the air using the bombs rather than guns. Great visuals, serviceable audio, <coughs> and great gameplay make this a keeper to fill up the rainy days. Yeah, I think it's a fun one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Now, Aaron. Before we uh, we close out the Coco Show, we got to talk a little bit about one of the guys that makes the Coco Show happen every month. Yeah. That is Frank at RedForRedWine.ca. <laughs> I've heard of him. Listen, guys, it's real talk. Oh man, it's getting weird now. Okay, you got a Coco. You're messing around with you know disc drives and cartridges and stuff. You're not going anywhere. What you need is a Coco SDC, okay? You get rid of all your physical media, you pack up your disc with your grease weasel. Don't get rid of your physical media. <laughs> and what you do is you head over to retrorewind.ca, you pick up a Coco SDC, you fill it full of all of your favorite software games, applications. Operating system. There you go. And away you go. You don't need anything else. Now, if you've got a Coco that's kind of iffy. It, it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Maybe something has gone wrong. Most likely you are not the right person to fix your cocoa. Oh, certainly. Okay. Sure. okay. What you need to do is you need to send your cocoa to a place where they have top of the line, professional level tools and technicians to make sure that your cocoa will continue on long after you're gone. And looking around this room, that's probably going to be pretty soon. <laughs> so, 
RetroRewind.ca <laughs> for all your Coco needs. I'm not really a Coco fan. <laughs> Extra choppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Was super awesome. Super awesome. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Whirly Bird Run? Well, listen, since I've got you all here, I'd like to invite Is you this all. Game or... Oh no, oh, it's no. ancient. Oh, no. 1983. Oh, no, you're, I thought you were talking about taking old, old uh, games from old computers. So. In just about an hour after Curtis's. The world-changing presentation. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, we are going to be running Coco Fest Jeopardy here, right in this very room, right before the auction. We have three top-of-the-line contenders that are vying for a $50 gift card from Retro Rewind. Guys, I know you guys know your Coco trivia as well as anybody else. You might want to show up just in case anybody can't make it for some reason and we need a last-minute alternate. But tune in. Come in here. It's going to be a really fun time. Lots of Coco trivia. Coco Fest Jeopardy. Coming up right after Curtis's presentation. Well, I was young back then, but I, I think I'd probably get, I'd get a zero hole whenever possible. All right, well, that's going to do it for Whirly Bird Run, guys. Thank you so much for coming out to see us. If you're listening at home, thank you for listening. If you'd like to support The Coco Show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash The Coco Show. And we also broadcast most weeks live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. We'll see you all next time, is and it, until then... Is this going to be on the internet? It is going to be on the internet. And until then, all hail... Everyone's in it! Hail! Everyone's Alright. Now we start breakdancing. Hit it! <laughs>